0: Realistically, how good can this Bearcats defense be in 2023? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. here we go on a Wednesday March 22nd 2023 I'm Alex Frank welcoming you to Lockdown. Bearcats your host each and every day right here on lockdown Bearcats part of the lockdown podcast Network your team every day we're free and available everywhere you get your podcast including right here on YouTube it's game day the Bearcats at Utah Valley tonight in the quarterfinals of the NIT more on that in segment three but first how good can this Bearcats defense be? In 2023, under first-year defensive coordinator Brian Brown, I think realistically they can be really good. And that's realistically. But there are two reasons why I think they're going to be a really good defense. Let's start with the first reason. That is, you have hometown heroes. Hometown heroes. Think about the D-line and the linebackers. Malik Van, Juwan Briggs, Dante Corleone, Deshaun Pace, and Jaheen Thomas, then a linebacker. There's experience, and the same key that's led to 20 years of success is still here. And that's Van, Briggs, and Corleone, Pace, Thomas, Cincinnati guys, Van from Fairfield, Briggs, I believe, Walnut Hills, Corleone, Colrain, Pace, Colrain, Thomas, Princeton. This is, I mean, there is a boatload and no shortage of great players on this team, from the city of Cincinnati. There's experience. I mean, you think about Malik Van and Jawan Briggs. I mean, this will be their sixth and fifth years, respectively. Deshaun Pace is going into year four. Jaheen Thomas is going into year four. That's that's experience, and that matters. And Dante Corleone, for what it's worth, I mean, it's like he hasn't played like a freshman. He's played like a fifth-year player. He didn't play last year like a freshman. I mean, he was an All-American. I think about Malik Van in particular and the opportunity he has. Last year, Malik Van entered the season as one of the expected focal points of the defense. And last year was a season where, you you know, the Bearcats were replacing Curtis Brooks on the D-line. They were replacing Maje Sanders on the D-line. They were replacing... um, they were replacing Darian Beavers, at linebacker, Joel DeBlanco, at linebacker. There was a lot of turnover on the front seven, let alone the secondary. But what's interesting is Malik Van gets hurt. We really didn't get to see the full season of Malik Van as one of the focal points of the defense. He spent years behind Jabari Taylor, Curtis Brooks, and even Elijah Ponder. Last year was his chance. He did not... Get to live that. This year he will. And hopefully he will stay healthy because this season he's going to be a big part of opposing offenses scouting reports because he can be somebody that can disrupt a game plan if it involves running the football up the middle because he's that good. He had a really good 2021 season. You just didn't realize it because you didn't hear his name called because he was playing behind guys like Jabari Taylor, and guys like Curtis Brooks. And even last year, Jabari Taylor was still here. Now, ultimately, Malik Van was too. He just got injured in the second game and was forced to miss his entire season. That's why he came back for a sixth season. He has his chance now as the leader of the defense. I think about Deshaun Pace and how he's taken leaps over the last two years. Last year, Deshaun Pace entered the season as the team's leading returning tackler. And last year, he was also very good. had a pick six against Cole Rain. He was very good in other games last year, including East Carolina. Um, Jaheim Thomas. I thought it have been Ivan, who had that game against ECU. Jaheim Thomas had over 70 tackles last year. Corleone was a freshman All-American. We can go back and look at these numbers from the 2022 Cincinnati Bearcats, and the leaps and bounds that some of these players took because that defense was still really good, even though it didn't have many returning starters, a lot of new faces. But you look at players like Deshaun Pace, 62 tackles. He had a pick. He had a fumble recovery. He had five tackles for loss. He only had one sack. But look at a guy like Jaheem Thomas, what, 70 tackles, two sacks, Six and a half for loss. Juwan Briggs had 61 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. Uh, Dante Corleone had 45 tackles, three sacks, five and a half tackles for loss. He also had two fumble recoveries and two fumbles forced. And then you look at other players. Eric Phillips had 38 tackles, eight of them for loss, three sacks. Another Cincinnati kid. So there is no shortage of what has been driving this program for 20 years for success With the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, I also think about the concerns of this defense. The secondary. It's losing, once again, several key players. Javon Hicks and Arquan Bush. Last year, obviously, the Bearcats were replacing Sauce and Kobe. This is not going to be like that. But you are losing your two best playmakers in the secondary. Last year, Javon Hicks had, in addition to 67 tackles, he had three interceptions four passes defended, and he had a pick six. And then you look at a guy like Arquan Bush, who in addition to 34 tackles had two picks and five passes defended plus a forced fumble. So can the Bearcats rely on guys like Armoryon Smith and Brian Threats? Brian Threats last year, for those of you wondering, had 58 tackles, four for loss, a sack and a half. He had two picks and two passes defended. If you're wondering about Armoryon Smith, he had a pick. He also had 20 tackles. Taj Ward had 20 tackles, two and a half for loss, a pick, and four passes defended. So it's going to be up to those guys. Sammy Anderson's also included. I do worry about the secondary. But what I also know is they've been through changes of that, in that in that group before. I mean, they had replaced James Wiggins in 2021. Brian Cook became more of a factor, and he delivered. Last year, they had to replace Sauce and Kobe. And then we saw the emergence of threats, Bush or Morion Smith a little bit, maybe more so this year. So this defense under Brian Brown, if you, if you are recency bias driven, which I am in a way, then you can um, then you can I think get behind what Brian Brown is going to hopefully do at Louisville. I'm really hopeful of what he's going to do. Because I saw last year how good that defense was. I went to their game against Clemson. They did not play a bad game. They just gave up several big plays. You can't do that in the Big 12. At least what you saw on defense at Louisville last year, how they were ranked in the top 25 in several statistical categories. It can work here. All right, coming up, I mentioned yesterday you should be happy the Bearcats continue to win in the NIT. Now I'm going to tell you why you should be happy about their nine straight NCAA tournament appearances that ended four years ago. We'll get into that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no sweat first, bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores in three straight, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first, bit up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. By the way, apologies to FanDuel. I completely forgot to mention this off the top But this episode. This entire episode of Lockdown Bearcast is our title sponsor of the day. I sincerely apologize to the folks at FanDuel, but this is what this episode of Lockdown Bearcast is brought to you by. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown, make every moment more with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get Started. Thank you as always to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Alex Frank back here at Lockdown Bearcats, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So if, I I find it interesting. And I, I've talked a lot this week about the upsets that happened over the weekend at the NCAA tournament. I, I've talked about um I, I've talked about how fans of Cincinnati should appreciate and be excited that, that they're winning in the NIT. I think it's great what they're doing in the NIT. And I also think it's great they went to nine straight NCAA tournaments. I don't think we truly grasp how good of an accomplishment that is. Because what I saw in those nine years was only five other teams accomplishing that feat. Michigan State, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Gonzaga. Notice who I didn't mention. Kentucky. Louisville, excuse me, Yukon, excuse me again, Michigan, Iowa State, uh, Baylor. I mean, there are a lot of teams in there who I mentioned who did not make nine straight tournaments. Cincinnati did that. And by the way, if the tournament had happened in 2020, I think the Bearcats would have, I think they would have squeaked in. They would have made it 10 straight. And North Carolina would not have made it. Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Michigan State all would have. They would have been one of five. I mean, how great is that? When you realize that Cincinnati is in that kind of elite company, and I know some of you are saying, well, what what good is that? It is hard to make the tournament. I mean, Gonzaga had to win their conference one year just to get in. So, you want to downplay what kind of if you if you want to downplay what making the tournament is, go right ahead. Some of you may be that way because of of how good the Bearcats were in the '90s, and then '97 through 2000, they had four straight second round exits, including two straight one point losses. If you want to act that. But I also understand how hard it is to win in the NCAA tournament. And I also understand how hard it is to get out of the first weekend. I mentioned Kansas. And all those times that they have not been out of the first round. Six in the last 14 years. I mentioned that. Because the Bearcats also struggled with that. But a team like Kansas does. Do you think about that? And as far as nine straight tournaments go, five times they advanced out of the first round. This is the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament is uniquely crafted to give small schools a chance. Look at teams like Princeton I'm not saying that's a small school. I'm saying in terms of athletics, or Fairleigh Dickinson, or St. Peter's, or Oral Roberts, Florida Gulf Coast, every team has a chance. Because they are a part of the greatest tournament in sports. And I said, the advent of social media creates a lot of distractions for teams who don't need it. And I think about, okay... I think about the Bearcats' nine straight tournament runs. And yeah, they didn't go to the Sweet 16 any other year but 2012. But given all the upsets, the fact that five times they won a tournament game, and there was a stretch of three times in four years that they did, and and the average seed was between six and seven. It's like 6.3 or four something over nine years. And that's with six of those seasons being played in the American. That's pretty good. That That's really good, actually. They were a six seed, I think, three times. They were a five seed once. They were a nine, an eight, a seven, a two. We all know that. They had some really good seasons. They were a 10 in 2013. They still made it. The point is this. Be appreciative that you get to be a part of the tournament. And if you're upset that they haven't had a lot of tournament success, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that when you play in conferences like Conference USA and you, I mean, the competition there wasn't very good. Well, I shouldn't say it wasn't very good. It actually was pretty good. But, You're in the Big East when you're going through a tumultuous time for the program. You're in the American where there's not a lot of competition. You're going to the Big 12 where there's going to be. Maybe that'll prepare you for the NCAA tournament. Maybe it won't. Maybe you'll be too exhausted, like I mentioned yesterday, because of all the physicality you'll experience in that conference. But I think about about the Bengals. And I, I will admit, going into the AFC Championship game, I felt that they were going to win. I was overconfident they were going to win because of what they had done the previous year and because of the chip on their shoulders going into this game. The Chiefs beat them. And I think what it did was it humbled me as a fan and maybe it did you. Just because you've gotten somewhere like the Bearcats did in 92 with the Final Four, or just because you... You, you come out of nowhere and win the AFC Championship. It doesn't entitle you to anything. Like, you still have to earn your place in the league, and sometimes it takes a humbling, like the Bengals losing to the Chiefs this past season, or the Bearcats, you know, whatever it is. You know, they lost to North Carolina the next year in the Elite Eight. But sometimes it can take something. It, sometimes you're not entitled just because you you've been somewhere. And that fans should expect them to go there every year. It doesn't work that way. Cincinnati is not Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, or Michigan State. They're not. You can say, well, the Michigan State stole their title in 2000 because, you know, Mateen Cleaves, or uh, I'm sorry, because Kenya Martin was hurt. You can say that all you want. But at the end of the day, we don't know for sure if the Bearcats would have won the national championship. A lot of people say they would have. But at the end of the day, that stuff, that stuff, I mean, nine straight tournaments is pretty dang good. And considering where this program is now, if you didn't appreciate those nine tournament runs, I don't know what to tell you. Coming up, the Bearcats are taking on Utah Valley in the NIT quarterfinals tonight. It's a game the Bearcats should win. And I'll tell you some things you maybe didn't know about Orem, Utah. We'll get into that after we hear from two of our sponsors. All right, so the Bearcats tonight are checking out a team in Utah Valley who is really good. They're 27 and 8. They went 15 and 3 in the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. They came up one point short in their semifinals loss and that was to Excuse me, that was to um, Southern Utah in The uh, jersey in the in the Western Athletic Conference tournament in Las Vegas, they lost eighty nine to eighty eight in the semifinals. That is brutal. And apparently, they were up three, and they fouled a shooter while shooting a three. He made the three, and then shot a free throw to make it. He made that, and then a layup by Utah Valley rolled off the rim as time expired. That's a brutal way to lose a game, and that was at home. That was at home. So tonight, the Bearcats taking on the Utah Valley. Their team name, the Wolverines. Um, This game will be played at the UCCU Center, capacity 7,500. And I I saw something on Utah Valley's website that I believe implies that they are, that there's a section called, I think it's called the Den. The Den. So the Bearcats will be going into the Den tonight. So that's going to be interesting. What's also interesting is Orem, Utah. How many of you know Orem, Utah? Well, I didn't know Orem, Utah until today. But I'm going to tell you all about it. So apparently, Orem, Utah, according to my notes, and I, and I like to do this when the Bearcats are playing a team where I don't really know a lot about where they're from. But Orem, Utah. It is adjacent to Provo, Linden, and Vineyard, and it's approximately 45 minutes south of Salt Lake City, so not quite in the middle of nowhere. Uh, as far as famous people who are from there, now this is interesting. So there are some famous people who are from Orem, Utah. Let's see who we have. We've got Lavelle Edwards, the head coach of BYU. The Bearcats will visit Brigham Young on September 29th next year. You've got Chelsea Hightower. A season four finalist on So You Think You Can Dance and professional ballroom dancer on Dancing with the Stars. Allison Holker, she was a season two finalist on So You Think You Can Dance. Julianne Huff is from Orem, Utah, a professional ballroom dancer on Dancing with the Stars and singer. Julianne Huff. Uh, Paul Kruger, currently a linebacker for the Browns. Chad Lewis, former NFL tight end, caught two touchdowns in the 04 NFC Championship game. Donnie and Marie Osmond are from there. Let's see who else you've got. You've got uh, Shauna Robach, silver medalist in the women's bobsled, bobsleigh as it's called, the Turin 2006 Olympics, uh, Noel Pikus-Pace, World Cup skeleton title winner in 05. You've got Aaron Thorne, a WNBA guard, the rock band The Used, and the indie pop band The Aces are from there. So there you go. See, Orin Butas is not really all that unknown. Now, Utah Valley Wolverines, as for them, well, they've got four players averaging double figures, Utah Valley, uh, led by Latre Darthur. Latre Darthur, leading scorer at 13.9 points per game, and he's also their leading free throw shooter at 90.1%. Other news, other things to know about the Wolverines, they scored seventy. 7.2 points per game. They've got or percent or better from the field. They include Darthard, Justin Harmon, Trey Woodbury, uh, Aziz Bandego shoot 60.7% from the floor. You've got Tim Fuller at 66.9. He has not shot a three, though. Um, you've got Sam Alford, 45% from the floor. I'm not sure if that's Steve Alford's son. It might be. But, this is a team that gives up 68 points per game, and they rebound at 39.9 rebounds per game, including Ozzy's Bandago at 10.1. He's also averaging 11.4 points per game. He has 100 blocks on the season. Uh, Trey Woodbury leads the team in assist at 161. You also have uh, Justin Harmon at 102. Steals are tied with Darthurd and Harmon. You got 34 steals from Woodbury. So. This is a good Utah Valley team. They're coming into tonight with two wins already in the NIT. They beat New Mexico and Colorado, including Colorado and Boulder, to get to this point. It's the only the second meeting all time between these two teams. First road game in Utah since 2003. They're coached by Mark Madsen, the Wolverines. He's in his fourth season. And as I mentioned, they're located in Provo, Utah. Now, Utah Valley... They lost in overtime to Wake Forest, and they won at Oregon. Those are their notable games. So they have a good team, and it's going to be a test tonight for the Bearcats playing in their first game in the state of Utah since 2003. Now you might remember that game as the game where Chuck Mayshak got ejected after Bob Huggins did in an NCAA tournament game. Bearcats lost that game to Gonzaga as an eight seed. So very interesting game tonight. I do like the Bearcats. I think they're playing with a lot of momentum. I'll say the Bearcats get it done 7367 in Orem, Utah. 9 o'clock tip on ESPN2 and on 700 WLW. We will have a recap of the game live room Thursday at 2 with Russ Heldman. On tomorrow's show, you're going to hear from Lockdown Big 12 host Josh Neighbors for his take on how the Bearcats would fit into the Big 12 right now after the first weekend of the tournament. What happened to the Big 12 in that first weekend of the tournament? Five teams ousted in the first weekend after seven made the tournament. And the truth about Kansas and their March recent and their recent March failures. I guess that's how you could put it. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Alex Frank underscore email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your First listen of every day. Now for your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you, excuse me, get, excuse me, again, your podcast. Back tomorrow with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big Twelve. Until then, I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Have a great. Rest of your day and night, and I will talk to you tomorrow right here on Locked on Bearcats.